Let's get it. Me, my guys, we really lie. Lord, forgive me, pay my ties. Please don't have me reach inside. And that's in a console. Keep the semi when I ride. Let off Henny when I drive. In the city, we gon' slide. Bet I be there pronto. Uh, I'll go ahead and jump in. We mentioned at the top of the show, as we move over into the social chop, uh, that it is one year into... Uh, or one year has passed, rather, since the tragic murder of George Floyd in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, he was uh, nailed on, his neck was knocked on by Derek Chauvin, former police officer up there for nine minutes and 28 seconds, where he succumbed to uh, that pressure, was not able to believe, uh, breathe, and eventually passed away. Um, a lot has been moving and shaking since then. I don't know if y'all remember, but just take a moment and think back to what you were doing and where you were around this time last year. Uh, I say fast forward maybe two days from now is when we start to see the protests. We start seeing the activism. We really started seeing uh, the people in the streets showing off and showing out for what was clearly an injustice caught on tape once again. And so a year into it, a lot, I don't know about y'all, but a lot of my news feeds and timelines have been, you know, uh, centered around this conversation of progress. Have we progressed? What progress have we seen? What is progress in the context of George Floyd? And really, how do we gauge, how do we understand this last year that we've lived through? Um, because the story, as it usually is, has been very developed, very unique. So my first question to uh, consciously to the political plug to the comments is, how would you define, like in just a word or two, a word or a phrase, how would you define this last year? From the moment we got the news and seen the footage of George Floyd up to now, in a word or a phrase, how would you define this last year? Of course, why? Explain your answer. I would say one word: racial. Hmm. I think that I think that the last I think last year, uh, I always already see the world through a very racialized lens, and I think that uh, much of the world this past year seemed like has borrowed some of the sun, like like literally, you know what I'm saying. Bottom, almost, and I feel like everything you know what I'm saying was racialized for good and for bad in terms of the past year. People being more racially conscious, people want to talk about more about diversity and inclusion, people want to be, you know, what I'm saying more talking about being an ally, brands wanting to capitalize more on performative activism in terms of racism. Um, internationally, people uh, thinking more about anti-blackness, the, uh, the, the word anti-blackness being integrated into more mainstream conversations, um, the word white supremacy being integrated into more conversations. We're now in the midst of a lot of legislation being passed from shit, the Southeast to the, you know what I'm saying, to, to, uh, to the Midwest of outline of critical race theory in the classroom from K through 12 to higher education. You know what I'm saying? We've seen for the first time um, the 2020 election was able to have a lot of rhetoric about race that we had never seen before in terms of taking center stage. So I would say it just was racial. I did that, right? The racial notions of race consciousness are now deal breakers for things like employment. You know what I mean? And that yeah. is uh, a hell of a world of living. And ain't your, hell job, of a world of your, your job ain't got nothing, ain't got to have nothing to do with diversity and inclusion, ain't got nothing to do with HR. And you still need to have that level of dysfunctional, dem demonstrable literacy in order to be successful. So yeah. I dig it. Racial is what Lee said. Plug, what you got? I'm going to go with um liberal. Mm. So I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with liberal. Um, the reason why is because I think um, they wanted like the the United States, like the, the Biden administration, progressives, liberals, Democrats. They wanted this to be like 
they wanted George Floyd to be like a watershed moment. My thing is, if Tamir Rice wasn't a watershed moment, I don't see what the fuck, like, how, like, George, I mean, not comparing them, but it's like, I, I'm seeing it for what it is. It's like, it's, it's an instance where in a, in a, in a uh, election year, right, where we're dealing with this transition from, you know, we're trying to move away from Donald Trump and we're, and, you, you know, the one thing that most people are in a consensus on is how, well, we don't want that type of whiteness to be the face of America. Like, that's that's what became understood. And so I think liberals use this as an opportunity to, I mean, this is when we got, this is when we got the Kente Clause, right? The Kente Clause? Yep. The, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So it, it was, it, it, this is liberals' opportunity to, um, to address certain things that Donald Trump was the worst case example of, mm-hmm. right? Now that he's, the, like, we're talking about floors and ceilings. Now that Donald Trump is the floor, I mean, we're dealing with skyscrapers now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Donald Trump, being the, Donald Trump being the floor is like Donald Trump being the first floor of the Empire State Building. That ain't shit. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's, not hard, it's, it's not hard to go from that. And so ultimately, what we had was we had, we had a country that was looking at this, this instance of gratuitous violence mm-hmm. because the amount of time that he kneeled on his neck the fact that he was on his neck in the first place when he wasn't trained to be on his neck, all of that is extra as shit. Right. Uh, but ultimately what, what his death meant for this larger conversation was this high, was this hijacked liberal discussion of this isn't us. Mm-hmm. Right. So when George says racial, he's talking about the way in which liberals have attempted to grapple with that race question, grapple with the question of uh, policing and the, mm-hmm. and uh, the you know how how policing is done differently with black communities than it is with white communities, and it, and it was a uh, it was an opportunity for liberals to set themselves apart from their enemy, the conservative, right? The rate the 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 real racist white. But I wasn't fooled by it. I mean, I, I think uh, like I said, Tamir Rice is broke broke me. Like, I mean, we, we were always like a part of like that Afro pessimist mindset. We like we all believe that racism plays a fundamental role in how this country operates and all of that. But a, a child, a kid, no repercussions. Yeah. That's not not saying that what happened with that, that George Floyd wasn't like a tragedy or whatever else. And, and that's and it wasn't something that fucked with me just as much as it fucked with the rest of us. But ultimately, when it comes to the larger conversations, of like progress and all that other shit like nah this this again to me y'all always know how i talk about this this was a instance of the status quo being spectacularized Mm -hmm. so that liberals can have talking points and they can set themselves apart from conservatives i dig it um i think you know my answer uh when i when i give it in a second will support a lot of that but it was uh it, it was the opportunity for opportunism Right. It was a chance for people to uh, up the stakes and up the ante. Everything from all of those businesses who reached out in our inboxes to let us know what side they were on and how they felt about certain situations down to. I mean, I I just over and over again, it seemed like every other day a new politician or a new celebrity was trying and failing, swinging and missing, trying to make sure to, to 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 to, you know, be the ones to declare humanity most and best on the behalf of the behest of black people. And so um, I 1000% agree. Uh, Ethereum Beauty, I want you to elaborate. And I need more of y'all in the comments to chime in. I'm gonna ask the question again, 
what would you define um, in a word or a phrase, or how would you define in a word or a phrase this past year in the context of George Floyd? George Floyd, uh, using a word or a phrase, how would you define this last year? The theory of beauty, you said divine chaos. I want you to uh, develop that because that's kind of deep. That's a little heavy. Divine chaos is, you know, kind of those are two polar opposites. Um, in a lot of ways. Uh, so I want to hear what you say about that. Kiki Nobi says, I want to say anti-black. I say that because with everything, including the George, including George Floyd and the other many, many other deaths, they use their skin to weaponize them as if they weren't human. And the fact uh, that uh, people blame, I don't know, I'm assuming, I'm assuming black people, black people get blamed for their own deaths. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's a logical answer too. Just very anti-black. Yeah, she said weren't. She said as if they weren't humans and the fact that you know people blame them. Yeah. Yeah. And so um I yeah. And the thing about it, why because we started this conversation off in with the context of progress, but let's be honest, nothing's changed. Right? A lot of this the same type of crime has continued. If I had to pick a word, and I think my word is a grouping and scooping of both the plugs and conscious leads words, right? Which is uh, racist or racism, right? A word that defined a year and liberal minus performative. It was the year of the performance from Joe Biden. It was a performance. My man said, and see, I'm in there. I got it. We're good. Kamala, you don't have to say no more. I ain't got to do nothing else. You can sit on the side and kind of handle, uh, you know, other shit that is not really primarily focused on the black people we made commitments to. It was all performance. Police officers, performative. White people, performative. Some black people in their commitment to having these conversations and galvanizing it. We saw um, uh, Micaiah Bryant uh, uh, end up, Makia, Makia Bryant end up yeah. with our situation. We saw Adam Toledo. We saw, uh, I mean, so many other examples of instances that have happened over and over again. And we saw a lot of wavering. A lot of people saying, well, maybe, well, maybe. So a lot of people moved back. It was all performance. Then black squares people was dropping on Instagram. It's no more. You're not really being as active or as vocal about these types of situations. And so what I think was a great opportunity to be a launching board uh, turned into just a, another chance to play the game, to be performative, to do things like the African bowing and the Kente Claw stoles and the this, this, and that. Just another chance to add to the show of what we know to be, everybody say it with me, political theater. All right. So, I mean, I dig it. Uh, Nico said a placebo. Jumbie said the feeling of not being alone, knowing that others feel the same plan that I do, and also knowing that I'm not fighting alone because sometimes it really does feel like that. And we've been mostly negative with our perceptions of this last year, but Jumbie actually is coming through with a little, uh, you know, a ray of sun in terms of how this year was viewed because it, positivity, look, optimism. You know, it brought out the best of people and it brought out, um, you know, people who really either learned and developed the racial literacy, the social literacy to get into the fight, get into the conversation. Or it uh, got people excited and motivated to get a part of that fight and get in the mix. So I definitely agree with Jumbie. You really found out and figured out who was your battle buddies through this last year. Uh, Third Beauty said, I have, uh, I said divine chaos because personally, from a more expanded mindset, these situations are a part of a larger goal of restoring love and wellness to the planet. Only order can come from chaos. So it's a bigger picture. Right, no, no little baby. But there's something bigger that we need to understand. About picture, no little baby. You know, I got the plans all day. But Ethereal Beauty say, you know, really as messy as it was, as dirty as it was, and this is a true fact. A revolution is gonna be messy. You know what I'm saying? It's gonna be, it's gonna come in parts. We didn't get like this overnight, so change is not gonna come overnight. But a huge part of these conversations, a part of these revolutions, these evolutions, these outcries are 
you know, parts of the puzzle to get to that that beautiful uh, uh, ray of sunlight, that 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 gold at the end of the rainbow, if you will, that we're trying to get to with Black liberation. Uh, Piggy Promise Slid went in on this and said racial trending, racial trending, which I think is probably a little bit uh, similar to what we was talking about. So I want to move the conversation. I want to move the conversation. My next question for y'all, uh, and of course in the comments, is what does George Floyd represent in the greater narrative of police brutality? What is George Floyd's death and the focus on this this crime, this murder? What does it add to the Let greater first. of police brutality? Because I think everybody's death from from uh, Alton Sterling to Rakia Boy, well not Rakia Boy, but uh, uh, Sandra Bland to uh, what's my shorty in Baltimore who got shot in on Boy Gangs, Korean Gangs, right? All of them represent something different and unique in the narrative of police brutality. So drop something for me. I'm gonna be honest. The, be honest, be, be honest. I, I I mean, in the larger conversation, I don't think it it really. I don't think I don't think it did any. I don't I don't think it it created a larger conversation. Because, uh, other than the fact that that the police are able to scapegoat the fact that he did not use approved tactics, right? Uh, tactics that they I don't I don't think it added nothing. We know police is fucked up. We know that they over, that they that they're overly aggressive with black people, and they do the so flippantly, huh? But we got the charge. We got to get the charge. See, I, the see, fuck, I, yeah, hold, I see hold on, hold on, really, hold on, George, hold on, George. That and and literally, it don't mean nothing because ultimately, even with the guilty charge, what we have is he shouldn't have done that. He went against protocol. He is now Derek Chauvin, and what happened with George Floyd is seen as a, bre- a, a overstepping of boundaries. That's the only reason it was that he, he wasn't afraid. They couldn't say he was afraid. The real question when we deal when we when we're talking about black people getting shot with the police is how black skin is all is, is, is it, it ain't even seen as criminal. It's seen as it's seen as predatory. They 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 in fear that they lives is like mm-hmm. this black person is in my vicinity. I'm gonna lose my life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what we dealing with. Him being on his neck, that's just flat out. It, there's no way for him being on his neck create a larger conversation because it's easy for them to scapegoat him. What about the sister that asked? Uh, not the sister, but the white woman that pulled the the pistol instead of the. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Instead of the taser. What about the oh I was scared so I fired 16 shots? Mm-hmm. That's what we that's what we need to have a conversation about. Why is your training putting why are you not trained well enough that a individual their skin tone is enough to create the fear of God in you mm-hmm. to where you can only respond with lethal force? That's the conversation. Yeah. Why is it why is it that grand juries are constantly accepting the excuse that that person scared me? That's why I took their life from a police officer. That's the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. His knee being on his neck, nigga, that's wrong. Period. You shouldn't have done that. You feel me? So for me, it's like I don't, I, I don't think it, I, I think it actually gives them a scapegoat. It gives them this, a way to pat themselves on the back when what he did isn't the larger conversation. It's literally the fact that black skin is sparking the fear of God in these people. We ain't dealing with that. 
Ninja Tyler Black agrees, which he says, I feel everything was amplified because of quarantine. We got a guilty charge for dude down here in Chicago, and that's something I didn't necessarily know because within the greater news cycle, what's hot one minute leaves the next, and that one was able to captivate us because we needed something else to think about besides COVID. You know, that's definitely a valid, um, I think, point thing to point out. Um, Pinky Promise Life, you said in vain. I'm about to toss it over to Lee, but break it down. Why would you, why do you think that uh, George Floyd represents uh, the notion of being in vain in connection to police brutality? Lee? What you think? Man, I think I think that I think that uh like definitely definitely with some pessimism with Damo, you know what I'm saying? But I guess that I'm gonna try to sprinkle some optimism into the conversation. I think that it was able to ignite a lot of international racial consciousness about anti-blackness. I think we were able to see a bunch of Black Lives Matter protests from South Africa to the UK to Australia to you know what I'm saying, to Palestine to like you really seen Black Lives Matter protests everywhere you know what i'm saying and i think that it, from a metaphysical standpoint i think that the people you know what i'm saying not necessarily like the systems but i think that the people i feel like was able to come to consciousness a lot in terms of recognizing that niggas is getting niggas i feel like for, for a lot of people i know i'm around and i see on social media the george floyd death was the first time they was able to actually understand what we've been saying for years it's like I'm not patting them on the back for that, but I'm recognizing in terms of I fight, I fight they came to get out of it. And then and then and then and I think something else they came out of it, you know what I'm saying? That was like uh 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 the conversation about like the, the the national conversation about defunding the police and the national conversation about what we should do with policing in terms of police reform, in terms of restorative police justice, in terms of the police, in terms of police justice, in terms of removing immunity. I feel like it was able to push the needle a little bit in terms of what, 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 what we want and what it would look like to have police, account, police accountability that we think that would bring a decreasing of police brutality. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So but I feel like all in all, though, I feel like, I feel like, you know what I'm saying, like, because we able to recognize what happened to, you know what I'm saying, Makia and what happened to the other dude, you feel me? It's like in the big picture, it's like I don't I don't know what it did to the system. <laughs> you feel me? like the system is still anti-black as it was, and to me showed me the insidious nature of the system. Because it's like Damo is right that it's gonna be able to be a more sensationalized instance of the law being good. And every time we want to critique and criticize the law, we're gonna be pushed into these sensationalized, you know what I'm saying celebrations of the system doing what it's supposed to do generally you know what i'm saying so i feel like that part but in terms of conversation in terms of black lives matter protests being international in terms of you feel me like you know i thought i feel like that was something that uniquely came about from from that Fair. Okay, so can, can I throw one more word before you get into it? TCK Psycho uh, popped in and said, "What's up? Your first time in here." And then the Argument League popped in and said, "What's up to the Chop Up Show?" And even shouted out, uh, "Damo is the MVP of their Argument League." Uh, Damo Television uh, Debate League. Television Debate League. Argument uh, League is the uh, Television yeah. Debate League. So plug. You have stuff. You have Georgia Hodge. You have disagreed. <laughs> you have covered your mouth so that you wouldn't speak, which is why I said, "Give me a second because I was going to ask you what." Is it specifically that is your problem? What you just said. I think another. I think a, uh, another word, or instead of liberal, like with the way that consciously was like describing that shit, commercial. The, it was yes, it was it was exported. It was exported commercially. Like it was like I mean I, I I'm not gonna act like I didn't appreciate like the unison that was created from it, like how the unity that was created from it, like how everybody came together and was like. You could look at Africa and they were saying George Floyd's name. And I, 
But how does that get exported? Because again, I go back to Tamir Rice. He was 12. There's no like with the, the George Floyd conversation, it got it got muddled by you know, was he committing the crime? Was he resisting? He was a big black guy. They killed a 12-year-old, people. Right, 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 right. They could, and and I mean, and as much as I can appreciate the world coming together for George Floyd, they killed a 12-year-old, y'all. They hmm. killed a, a fifth, a, a, how old was Trayvon? 17. You know what I'm saying? Like, they are also killing kids. And George and, Floyd, and, and, I mean, and, and George Zimmerman wasn't even a policeman. He was just and, a regular ass and, dude. You know what I'm saying? But but all, but that's what I'm saying. It's like so we had like there was this. We were all like coming together for this moment, but it wasn't the right conversation. Mm-hmm. We should be mourning. We should be like yeah, like that. That's fucked up. That's a that's a part of this larger narrative. But the conversation that we haven't isn't addressing how like the policing apparatus we're talking about a tragedy as opposed to oppression you know what i'm saying as opposed to oppression so that's so so and and not saying not saying lee was wrong but just in the way that it was exploded commercialization cable news ran with it cable news loved and and i hate to say loved george floyd like that they did nature of the system though because i feel like you know how we talk in debate that the system is always going to be able to incorporate and integrate resistance and critiques to make itself better Mm -hmm. so the criticism was we don't talk enough about black death it's like oh you want black death we're gonna commercialize this shit every way you can have it you know what i'm saying that's the part i mean like ultimately it's like pessimism just bleed through and through for me just like you know but i was trying to sprinkle some of the conversation because like i didn't want to just echo everything damo said yeah, no, 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 no. I, that's why I, I appreciate. That's why I was. You yeah, added insight. Yeah, yeah. You added insight to about the conversations yeah. about the police. I mean, about like police reform and all that. I don't even know how much it does. I, I, I recognize it happened and it wasn't happening. Yeah, go ahead, Toya. Uh, I want to ask this last question to wrap it so we can close. Hold on, hold on. You didn't, you didn't add yours though. I know. Um, I heard from y'all. We got some stuff in the comments. I want to keep the conversation pushing forward by asking this last question, because something I actually want to hook on to something you said, I don't want to miss it, where you're talking about us missing the conversation. We're not having the right conversation. We're not having the right discussions. Um, and if people like T- Tamir Rice and with all these other instances didn't spark corrective action, then this probably won't either. And so that brings me to my last and final question about some of the solutions that are on the table, right? We've been having a big conversation today uh, on social media, on the news about progress, right? That's where we started is what progress is and have we seen it and what should define it, whatever. My question to y'all, my question to the comments is uh, they have thrown around material action. I'll give you three examples. One is the age old. We need to retrain these police officers. The biggest problem is in the education. We need to reformulate, break down and completely alter and recreate the way that we go about calling the cop a cop, the way we go about giving them accreditation, giving them credibility, whatever, with a training, all of that. Right. So police training, a more intense look at that. Second material action that is floating around a lot of conversation is defunding the police, right? Taking money literally out of their budgets, reallocating it to other departments, other programming, other options that allows for there to be a more diverse approach to resolving uh, uh, not necessarily criminal, but threatening situations, ones that need some type of professional response. The third option that has been tossed around and thrown around is the complete elimination or some type of partial uh, maintenance to or elimination of qualified immunity. We know qualified immunity is the components of the laws that allow for police officers to walk away scot-free most of the time because they are protected class under 
uh, the law in a bunch of different ways. So my question to y'all is, which is the most meaningful, the most strategic, the most impactful thing that we can look at, uh, that we should be pointing to as a sign and a symbol of progress? Is it police training? Is it defunding the police? Uh, or is it the eliminating qualified immunity? Y'all talk to me in the comments. Liam Plug, what's up? I think it's that qualified immunity. Why? Because to me, it seems like it's the most practical in terms of being able to, 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 to I feel like, actually get some legislation for. And to me, it seemed like the most immediate impact. In my mind, psychologically recognizing that all officers are trained to shoot to kill. You know what I'm saying? But because, because like your boy Cam said, like your boy Cam said, you oh, ain't no yeah, point in shooting the leg because, you know, you know it's, it's a chance you won't hit. You'll miss. You got to <laughs> shoot center mass. Yeah. So I think that the idea of you being able to use that at discretion and recognizing that you can be legally held accountable for a life being lost while you in line of duty, while you while, while you're giving their services, I think that changes the psyche of how you give your job and how you do your job. Agreed. I think that as a teacher, if I recognize that, you know what I'm saying, one of my students coming me crazy and made me fear for my life, there's gonna be no way as a teacher that I can justify taking my students' life. And I think that recognizing that, that there's a power structure between me being a teacher and my students being, you know what I'm saying, like you know I'm saying, being the students, I, I feel like in, in every in every other in every other industry. Even when you think about like nurses, or even in some instances, doctors, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? It's like when a person like this lost, like there's an investigation that happens and they can be held accountable for malpractice for their death. So I don't get why there's this one industry that has to have the immunity, you know what I'm saying? And I get the, the arguments, or, or as I get, I've heard the arguments on why that's needed. I say bad arguments. I, I agree. I mean, just to back though from what, uh, Lee is saying, I mean, ultimately, that is that that's what protects them. Like, that's what gives them the ability to be afraid. And it's like, no, 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 no. That's okay. We don't need scared cops. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's be <laughs> like, let's be for Somebody real. I said that earlier. Pinky promised life said if you scared yeah. you find a new job. That's find a new job. Me. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, because because ultimately the whole reason for police is to protect life and property. Yeah. Life and property, like that's your goal. But if you can take one and not, like for example, if police fuck up your house, you know what I'm saying? Like they, like ultimately, unless they, you know, catch you doing drugs. But if you know what I'm saying, if they fuck up your car, they fuck up your vehicle, if they fuck up your home, they're held responsible for that. The city is held responsible for that. Somebody coming out of the pocket, coming out of pocket to pay for whatever the fuck that just, you know, what I'm saying, took place. If the city can be held responsible, like for example, you know, when they sue the city after people get killed by police. Yeah. yeah. If the city can be held responsible, why the fuck not the cops? Like you gotta understand, you you're no, incentiv I you're incentivizing like actually being careless because you're okay. You know what I mean? Drive like it's like driving a license, like driving a car without a uh, uh driving a car without insurance. You're right. You know what I mean? If you can drive, like shit, if you can drive a car without insurance, niggas will. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. it's, it's not until there are penalties associated with crossing those boundaries. You have to de-incentivize the ability to pull the trigger and not think twice. Yeah, You have to. Because as long as they feel protected and, hey, I, I had to do it. I felt like I was... That's not enough. That can't be enough. Can't yeah. be enough. That cannot be enough. That you felt like you was in the position, like nah, it it can't be. So 
I, I, I have to agree with George in the sense that qualified immunity is the shit that we got to get away with. Now, I, at defunding the police, I understand like the sentiment behind it, but what happens is you have too many people that's like, but the criminals, yeah, put right. the criminals. Hey. And that's that's not a that's, law, I mean, that's order, a law and order, in my opinion, is one of the most greatest persuasion tools to get legislation passed in our time in America is law and order. So once you start being able to make things that bite back in law and order, I feel like you already gonna be just taking it. People want to feel safe. I mean, and I, I actually saw a tweet, you know, I like to throw in a Twitter conversation of what we're saying. It, what yeah. Amo just talked about uh, in terms of what about crime, what about crime. Uh, Miss Lauren, who is on uh, Twitter, said, who are you going to call when blank crime happens if we abolish police is, a not, is not a gotcha? In that hypothetical, the crime has already happened. The police neither prevented nor stopped it. Abolition is about prevention. That's important. I'm going to say it again. Abolition is about crime prevention. It's about changing the conditions that led to the crime in the first place, right? So if you're hollering about you, if you hollering about crime, a crime, you're still not asking a big enough question about why the crime existed in the first place. And you know who you're starting to sound like? The black on black crime people. First of all, it doesn't exist. And second of all, you are not answering the questions about why black people end up creating or perpetuating crimes in their own communities against each other in the first place. Right, so you still are not having a complete conversation about what's to be had. Um, the comments seem to agree with y'all. Terrell says focusing on singular tragic performance. No, actually, not that Terrell comment. I'm gonna jump down. He said qualified immunity is probably the best way to to defang the partnership between prosecutors, city hall, and the police. So this kind of three pronged relationship that they have gets broken up a little bit. You kind of break the teeth up in the fork, if you will, uh, if you start to take jabs of qualified immunity. He continues by saying at the same time, those external metrics only do so much. The conditions for removing police is a dominant institution and holistic communal approaches to things that ordinary prompt, uh, ordinarily prompt the 911 call. So a little bit of both, but it sounds like Terrell says we got to start. We'll start with qualified immunity. Uh, Aaliyah Don 3, the ascendant, been in the comments and said, yes, the, uh, the immunity is the biggest issue, but it is controlled through the union, yes, that has money in the legislation that is controlling what is legal and who investigates what. So we can cry and scream all we want to, but lobbying, right, unions, their representation um, in various political conversations is really what's at the crux of that conversation. And I love the fact that we're having conversations. We got some difference, though. Kiki said, educate the police because if they are better educated about situations with all people, including the mentally incapable and people who act a certain way, attitude-wise, things will probably change. I say, I, I think, you know, in the intermediate, that does need to be a component of it. I'm going to always say, uh, as Lee says, education is elevation, but I'm not going to be fooled, right, that that changes the paradigm of how these people move, because I know a whole lot of things. I know a whole lot of things about a whole lot of stuff, and I'm gonna tell you right now. If I'm being honest, I don't necessarily act uh, based on things that I know, right? So that's stereotypes the is the brain's way to shortcuts. Like now, when you got to think in a split second. Fast, yeah. Aaliyah Don 3 literally took the words out of my mouth, which is why I got to read this other comment that they posted. There needs to be a check and balance system. It may need to be restructured, maybe destroyed to be rebuilt, rebuilt, but it's uh, but it's long time necessary, and that's what I'm getting to. I'm voting for qualified immunity, too, because Lee talked about the fact these people was trained to shoot and kill. Uh, Plug talked about the fact that uh, although they're qualified to shoot and kill, that, you know, a qualified immunity is what allows them to move on throughout the system and kind of be able to drive and survive without it. So you need a way for your right to kill to be upheld or to be kind of reined in by your very clear expectation of penalty should you kill somebody. Right. There needs to be a larger moment of hesitation where you uh, kind of juxtapose effectively both 
the obligation or the ability to shoot to kill, right? That training and the fact that you about to have to pay for that shit later. I think there needs to be bigger concern. And taking, you know, qualified immunity off the table means you can't hide behind the fraternity of the police. You right. can't hide behind right. your right. and your clique and your gang. The right. America is the police. And it don't matter. They can be there for moral support the same way our families have to be when y'all kill us. They mm-hmm. can be wanting to hope for the best, but they can't have de facto within the within the system mm-hmm. protections that allow for you to slide and do what you want to do. So uh, uh, let me see. Espantel says security comes in so many different forms and are recreated in increasingly seemingly mundane places. I think defund plays into the ethical rebranding of policing and prison and prisoning, right? Which is what uh, Dama was getting at with this whole commercialistic approach, this liberal approach. We get it out there. So Espinel, you got some. I definitely like the, the substance to that right there. Yeah, so, yeah, that, that that was a good one. That was a good comment. Yeah, and then Badisco was in the comment saying, and that was uh, that was them. No. Do you remember Sanford and Son when the police was always there? That was them who know their community. And a lot of cops have serious PTSD from their job in the military. And so they need to be put on. Nigga, I was born in the 80s, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> I seen a few episodes of Sanford and Son. You feel me? All I know is when we watched TV shows in the 90s, nigga, they was, they was constantly checking the cops. Like that episode of Fresh Prince. <clears throat> when Uncle Phil got had to get in his ass. Yeah. <clears throat> so, <laughs> Well, I'll, I'll close it out by saying this because this has been a long conversation, but a much needed one as we come up on this one year and close out um, what was a hell of an event and start to really, the next couple of days, I'm telling y'all timelines is about to pop up with all the stuff y'all shared and posted last year around this time uh, when it was crazy. So um, as y'all replay the last year and look at it in review and you think about how you would define this next, last year and the year to come, how you understand progress and look at it, uh, rest in peace, George Floyd. You shouldn't have died. You should still be alive today. Um, and we're going to keep fighting, um, not only for your memory, but everybody who makes up the patchwork of police brutality. Before we close out, uh, I did look up the, I, I did kind of, you know what I'm saying? Do some topicality research on that, on that martyrdom, you know what I'm saying? Aspect. Uh, I was using it more colloquially, you feel <laughs> me? Uh, the, uh, uh because it, I, I just don't, and I'll say this, and this may be for another chop because we could talk about this in a larger conversation, but I do think that. The, the conversation of, of of being a martyr in terms of these these conversations associated with police brutality and uh, the prison industrial complex uh, that the way that it's defined and understood in uh, currently uh, it doesn't it, it should encapsulate what's going on when we talk about like political like dying for political stances because like race in this country is political you feel me and the way that uh, the way that police respond to black people is mm-hmm. political. Uh, social and political. Uh, and so while the, the textbook definition may lead more towards uh, Toya and George in terms of not necessarily George Floyd, be, George Floyd being martyred, it wasn't voluntary. He didn't stand up. You know what I'm saying? He was just killed. But ultimately, his death did mean something in the larger conversation and, and we shouldn't um, lose sight of that. So thank you, Nico. Right on. <laughs> Thank right you, on. Nico. I'll never leave down more alone. As a matter of fact, I, to, I would sit on this uh, tea debate, this topic of debate, a little while longer, but I don't have time to play with him today. Uh, yeah. we're, we're not talking we're, about folky old definitions, and even then, I just, whatever. But <laughs> rest in peace to George Floyd uh, and Webster Murray Dictionary for helping him out this evening. We appreciate it. Cambridge. All. It was Cambridge. It was Cambridge. Cambridge. Uh, Cambridge. Me, my guys, we really lie. Lord, forgive me, pay my ties. Please don't have me reach inside. And that's in a console. K.
Keep the semi when I ride. Let off Henny when I drive. In the city, we gon' slide. Bet I be there pronto.